This is Belgarian and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgarian series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode 26. This season, we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter 25. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm the director of Goddess Kindled Universe. I am a fiction author and I write about mermaids and fantasy creatures and lesbian love stories. And I'm Alicia Seymour. I am a fantasy author. I write um, dark fantasy, but also with a touch of magic and light. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah welcome to the show everyone it's been a while since we recorded yeah like wow it's, yeah if you listen to it's it, been a while since i've said what i do i know i was like, like what, do, what do i, I do? say <laughs> i know <laughs> oh so i know welcome to the show everybody uh i think we'll go straight into pogo's cult Okay. Okay. You want to start? Uh, sure, I'll start. So yeah. my potion today is a gin fizz. I have no idea what's actually in a gin fizz. Um, but Sounds as good. I was thinking of it, I, I, I used to be a gin drinker. I was a gin and tonic girl before my pancreas said, stop that shit. And um. I could just smell the juniper. Oh, the juniper, the juniper. Because um, it's well, anyway, it's in. It's in my um. Why? Because I went for a walk. Oh, listen to me. This is how long it's been since we recorded. I went for a walk in the forest with my wife, my darling wife, yesterday after work, and there's lots of pine trees and. It was a warm day. It was our first warm day of spring. And like you walk through these pine forests and the sun warms the sap and you can smell it. It's really sweet kind of candy, candy sweet smell. It's so intoxicating. And so there was this scent of pine sap in the air and the air was kind of soft like against your skin, it was warm and soft. It's so lovely. And I just, there's a juniper grove in one of the forests, the forest at the end of our street, actually. That's not where we were yesterday, but oh, I think that's where I need to, I just need to go for a little visit there, visit the juniper grove. Um, but that was just so nice. And, you know, I'm, I'm, so the chill of winter is I'm shaking it off, coming back to life, and I'm drawing again, which is, which is really wonderful. I've I, I missed it, but I I didn't try. Like you know how when you don't want to do something creative, you just don't, and when you do, yeah. it's like the inspiration is there and the spark is there, and you just have to go and do it, and mm-hmm. so that's where I am I'm in I'm drawing again and you know walking walking outside without my shoes on in the yard it's so nice and um I'm just ready to connect with you all again (laughs) I've been absent and I dropped out of existence I haven't been on Patreon I haven't been anywhere 
I just dropped out and into my own world um, because that's just what I needed. And I hope that every single one of you gets to do that when you need to, like taking that space for yourself. Um, yeah. And um, a wise woman reminded me that everything cycles around in its own time. A wise woman called Alicia. She did that last week. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, I could just, I could sense, I could sense you were far away. And I also knew that it was just necessary. And because I do that um, often, not quite that long, mostly because my, I have young kids right now. If yeah. I didn't have young kids, I'd probably be gone for at least at a time too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I understand, you know, it's like the, it's, I always remember Eckhart Tolle, it's the cycle and mm -hmm. there's always the times you gotta go back down again. And down can be different yeah here differently but it was so always bad i was i'm so grateful because it's just like like you give me me when you give me the me that i give to other people <laughs> you know those little words of reminder when people need them yeah mm -hmm. wow well, i'm glad that you're feeling more back to creating again yeah you know? It always feels good to do something creative and, you know, you got the rest that you needed, the solitude. What's in your cup? Is your finger throbbing now? I took the ice pack off my finger. Oh, and before the show, I, I slammed, I, I caught my finger between my the arm of my chair and the underside of my desk, like I have one of those chairs that sort of pops down and when I get yeah. off the chair, it pops up. And if the arm of the chair is under the desk and my hand is on the arm, whack. Yeah. And so I didn't cut my finger off, which is lovely, but I now have an ice pack and I just momentarily took the ice pack off my finger and it started throbbing. So now I have to mm -hmm. make it numb again so it stops throbbing. <laughs> What's in your potion? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope that's feeling better soon. Um, I, well, mine, uh, I put an ice, tall ice glass of lavender lemonade. Uh, I'll just sit that right on, I'll just stick my finger in it. <laughs> I know. I mean, perfect. Uh, uh, it's been getting really warm here too. Like this past week has been so nice. Uh, even a little bit hot sometimes and um, we got through the month of March because you know we took the breaks from the podcast all because it started with me and, and the kids were home again because we are having exposures like everywhere we were exposed first um, somebody at the school like their whole class I won't say who it is just in case but somebody in their class like exposed the whole class so they had to this is the fifth grade class and they were home that next week. And then that next week, the girls had a birthday party sleepover they're attending. And at the end of that, uh, I went to pick them up that day. There was another neighborhood kid playing at the house. Turns out that kid was positive and we were all there together without you know, masks. We don't really do masks up with just the few people we know. You know, that's just how it is. And so we had a few weeks where we just really stayed in the house. We got a few tests done. We were all negative. We never actually caught it, but 
there's just a, a lot to all be in here together and Hopefully for me, because I have to do all the work. And so we just all stayed in the house for a couple of weeks and didn't see my parents. I think that's the hardest part for me because my parents are kind of like my help. Yeah. Um, and when I don't have that, it's it's very exhausting for me. Yeah. So, but it worked out. My parents both got vaccines now. So it's a little bit right. less, less stress for less them. Stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was good. We got through that, but it was cool. It's like, coming out of that it almost like felt like this new life was blooming like yeah. inside of me and around me and uh -huh. um like I said I, and before the show I was I started taking some actions um that felt really aligned um we kind of rethought turtle sea books like we stepped away from it for a while because we're just kind of like it's not really what we wanted it to be it's not and then um, an idea came to Christy about trying a book contest to just help become become the the connectors of like just sharing amazing books with readers who like children's books of all ages. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's developed into. It's much simpler. It's much um, more like being of service, mm -hmm. and it feels really cool. We're in the middle of the contest right now. Um, mm -hmm people signing up their books and great that's fun to just see books come in we get to read them and give feedback on them and there'll be a winner at the end of it all with some prizes for them and stuff mm -hmm. so that's that's just fun you know and um but in between all of that you know I've been feeling also still really at peace and um I do feel there's moments where I can feel like you were saying there's stuff rising up so that it can be released but I'm so aware that that's what's happening mm -hmm. like I felt all those aches right here like my neck was just so tense and I felt stressed for no reason at all and I I knew that it was simply just rising up mm -hmm. so that it could go there's yeah. no purpose for it other than that so yeah. just being able to do that <clears throat> I feel like lighter each day and I'm actually starting to see things in my life that I've intended whether recently or a while ago, mm -hmm. um, just showing up. And it's really, every time I just get so excited and just feel so much gratitude for life right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, so it's, it's like out there, you know, I don't even tune in to out there anymore. <laughs> like I, I have my friends, my people I talk to, but I don't yeah. tune in social media or the news or anything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's just those of us who are, who are doing that are kind of like the centering for all the chaos that's ensuing that's necessary, but mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going to, it's part of the clearing that has to happen. We yeah. have to go through it to get to the other side and I just, I'm enjoying, I'm honestly just enjoying everything right now in my life. So great. Feels good. I'm so glad. That sounds so good. I'm so glad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Garion's view. What is happening this week in the story? Yes. I finally get to talk about this chapter. Um, let me see. 
So they arrive to the base of Rakthal. Relg is feeling his way through the rocks. He finds a way to get in and up. He doesn't know if he's actually going to give them all the way, but he knows it goes up. And so they go through, and along the way, they run into, is this correct, a Marag, mm-hmm. who Belgrath seems to have been looking for. This mm-hmm. is how he, how he reacts to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they leave her there. They're going to come back for her, and they go all the way up to where they do get into the bottom of the city, where the prisoners are held. The, the slave pens. Yeah, the slave pens. And yeah. I think that's where the chapter ends, right? It is. It is. It is. Yeah, so we're getting to the big, like, so this is like that. This is like the drawing in the breath. This chapter, getting ready for the, right. you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to find my page. Okay. So, yeah. So when we come... The start of the chapter, that the base of the pinnacle that is Rakthol. So the city is on top of this mountain. It's built on top of this mountain. It's very, it's massive, and um, it's solid. It's just so, it's this solid basalt right. monolith with the city built on top of it. And up through this pinnacle on the inside are the caves that um, legend has it exist. They don't know for sure whether they exist at all. But the start of the chapter, they're at the base of the, of the pinnacle and Relg and Belgareth sort of asking Relg if he's right, was there caves? And he's really, really, like, concerned. He's, he's like... Because um, he doesn't know if they're there. Yeah. And this is the whole reason Relg was tasked to come along with them, right? Yeah. At least for up until now. Yep. Yeah. So, so but and see him in action. Yeah. But I mean, I suspect there are other reasons because all of the people right. in the party are there because Belgarath has, you know, been guided by the prophecy to collect them all together for the reason. But yes. This is why Rog is here. Um, For this moment now. Yes, to find... Until we get to the bigger picture of it all at the end of the books. Yes, correct. So so Rog sort of is feeling around. There is a moment where Belgarath gets really disappointed and it's right here at the start because Rog says, well, there are places inside but they're just closed in. They don't go anywhere. And so you can sort of... I felt... I felt... Belgareth's disappointment with this reading. But I love the way it describes the way that Relg feels the spaces and the caves. It's almost like he's a like a it's it's like a, a bat sending out echolocation, like he can feel the echoes <laughs> and how far the yeah. echoes bounce and whether it's closed space or whether it's an open space. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And he um, he's also kind of holding Belgrath up a little bit of like, well, let's not give up so soon. I'll go around this way and check it out. You know? Yeah. He said, yeah, I can feel something in this direction. I'll just go check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Relg, uh, Relg um, says, I'm going to, so he's going to, he goes in to the mountain 
to check out this space that he can feel. And Silk, Silk um, gets very, you know, I am not going through rock. I don't care what's going on. How, if you're going through rock, I'm staying here. No, I'm not. Yeah. He really didn't like the experience. Uh, and and also as Relic is passing through the rock, you know, he looks away, Silk looks away. And yes. Tell me when he's done, tell me when he's through. Yeah. And then is it, who's it, Barrack? Barrack. Is like describing the scene by scene of him going through the rock and so it's like, please stop. And Don't says, tell me all the detail. <laughs> so has he got in yet? He's he's going in, Barrack replied clinically. Only half of him is still sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and so yeah, Silk's just shuddering and shivering and and then they hear a scream from somewhere in the darkness high above. Yeah. This has a very like Mount Doom feeling, except much taller. And yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's not on fire. <laughs> it's not actually the mountain of fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminds me. Well, it reminds me of the little trek they took before they got to Mount Doom, and that where all the, the goblins and stuff were hanging. Oh, oh, in um, oh. I read this. I read this book like not a month ago. Um, yeah, I don't remember the names. I just remember in the movie it was right before they got to Mount Doom and they captured um, Frodo. Yes, and took Shellos. him to. The, yes, yes, and took him to. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I just uh, hurt my finger. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes, that one where the where the yeah. where the um where the black riders came from when they took when they took off um on the on the steeds with wings mm -hmm. that's where they came from and i can't remember the name of it i can't either but it's a u it has a u in it that's going to bother me now until i remember <laughs> i'm disabled you need to google for me i'm doing it Nazgul. No, that's not what I want. Oh, here. Yeah. No. Where they come from? It was a renamed place. It was a good place, but it was turned into an evil place. Dolgaldor. Yes, Dolgaldor. Yes, I knew there was a U somewhere. That's it. Then it's like in the movie, it's like green. Has like a green yes. glow to it. And in the book, yeah. it's where it's where um I love the book so much more because Sam goes in and saves Frodo. Like he like Sam is the Sam is the freaking hero. In the book, Sam yeah. is the hero. Well, you know what I think they did? Uh, this is sidetracked. <laughs> I think that scene happens in the movie, but it's not in Dolgaldor. It's in after Shelob's happened, and yes. Sam still goes and saves him. But it's not yeah. inside that big. No, like, it's epic not um, city. It's not. Um, it's just like a little goblin tower that's broken yes. down and. Yeah, correct. And they don't have the watches, and they don't have the, because the that whole storyline of the orcs 
you know the different tribes of the orcs actually fighting amongst each other like that that that's just not in the movie at all but yeah. i mean that's why i love books because there's so much detail and anyway to reread those it's it oh, been a while for me i tell you i've just um read them on audiobook and the version i found is made by a fan and he made them over a course of a few years and he doesn't can't earn any money from them because he uses um the music from the movies like he has mixed it all together he's edited it he does all the voices he's brilliant it's like it's like the movies but with every detail of the book because he like all of the sound effects and the music and the like it's rich and amazing and uh, it's like very lengthy you have but to send me those oh I, want to check them out. I totally will i'll get, send me the link to i, I totally will them. because it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and i will include it in the show notes because everyone should listen to this guy and support him wherever you can because yeah. it's just it's epic it's totally epic I was this was one of the things that I was just totally lost in I had my audio books in my ears for like three weeks I was just there listening yeah. all the time it was just awesome wow yeah I got chills just thinking about that so yeah yeah I want to I want to listen to those oh it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant I will make sure that I um put links yeah. okay um so anyway so back to uh Raxol we're okay. in so so Relg has gone into the mountain there's a scream from up above and there's a little description here about about it being the season of the wounding um Belgrath says you know, the Grollums are busy. It's the season of the wounding when the orb burned Torax hand and face. And um, so lots of sacrifices being required by this god Torak. But, you know, you've got to wonder how much is required by the god and how much is required by the humans who decide that that's what the god wants because that's generally what happens with humans it is it reminds me of a lot of religions in our world yes 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 and um what oh no i was gonna say but rel comes back yes and says that he's found it he's found an opening that goes up and Balgrath wants to know if it goes all the way up and he's like well I don't know uh, we can follow it and find out they find though they find an opening that's covered with rock though that they have to like take them all off and and then they can just walk through mm-hmm. so good news for silk you don't have to go through the rock yeah <laughs> yeah so they clear a space big enough to get the horses through but of course the horses won't be able to go up but at least they'll be safe. They can sort of leave them there while they go up and do their business, I suppose, hey? Yeah. Good. You got to take care of the animals that get involved in this stuff. Yes. I always feel for the animals in these stories. And um, 
so uh, there's they have to climb, you know, up to where the the galleries begin. So there are there are levels, and they have to climb from level to level. Mandron starts with his armor on. Velcro's yeah. like, that's not going to work. Not only they can't climb, but I mean, how loud is that if you are climbing? Or if you fall. That. Yeah. That's not a red flag. It's like, oh, somebody's <laughs> coming. So anyway, so um, so Mandarin takes his armor off and leaves it with the horses, and um, and then I have a I have a little plot hole here, mm. a little 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 story hole. It's just it's, it's not very significant, but you know I noticed it, so I'm gonna bring it up. So it's here. Relg mixes the powders together in a wooden bowl to create a light uh -huh. it's dark inside there you know so then they start to climb up but anyway you'll as as you'll notice as they start to climb up they have to use their hands and their feet to climb up the gallery where the hell does this wooden bowl containing the light go Because I don't know, you know, maybe they pass it off. Well, let's see. Brelg does it. He hands the glowing bowl to Barak and then turns to lead them into the gallery. They come to a rubble, a, a steep slope. They climb up the slope of rubble. And then they start hearing this popping sound and they get showered with rock. <clears throat> and Brelg tells them, come on up. And then they climb this slope of, of rubble and then a sheer wall where Relg directs them to some holes in the rock that they can use to climb a sheer wall of rock. So mm -hmm. the light's not mentioned again, but it's just like it's just gone. Mm -hmm. So I just noticed it this time I went huh, there's a little bit of a hole there yeah maybe they leave it there and go the rest of the way in the dark <laughs> no because they can see the holes in the rock yeah I mean your eyes are just a little bit I don't know how dark it is in there but you know uh maybe maybe there's some sort of where thing that they put it in on a backpack and it's just kind of sitting there on a backpack <laughs> and they're climbing I don't know but just a backpack and these are the things like in uh what is the world called what's the world of Bulgaria called like the whole world uh like think. middle earth but it doesn't have a well where are they right now what, what they're in the they're in Thormogos yeah, I was gonna say I could just imagine one of them with a backpack on and and you know I don't think they carried backpacks, so what would they? Oh. It is true. Anyway. They couldn't really have a, a way to carry it unless they like tossed it up to the person. Up. So anyway, I just had a little. Huh, hmm. 
because yeah. I know these are the things that I I try to avoid in your like stories. I notice when I'm writing things will just disappear like you'll oh <laughs> shit they had a thing yeah. and I've got to do something with that thing because otherwise it just kind of uh, doesn't mm-hmm. you know it's not yeah doesn't yeah. fit I'm just gonna I see that in mind too <coughs> it's been a while since I had to talk a lot yeah okay what happens next mm, um, I guess well they just keep uh, climbing up this way they go up the slopes and then he pops more holes and they climb and yeah it's good it's cool the way that um so the holes that they're climbing up relg is making them in the rock he pushes his hand in and then pulses his shoulder and it pops a little you know handful of rock out and it creates these handholds and footholds to climb up the rock Mm -hmm. yeah it is pretty cool and actually silk is the one who admires it and calls it clever yeah and rog mentions this like some kind of a ancient not ancient what the word he uses but it's like a yes an old, old, old trick that's an old trick so <clears throat> so at this point they're about 800 feet above the base of the pinnacle and then they start zigzagging the cave zigzags as they go up yeah um and then silk hears something yeah they hear a voice singing sounds sad and that's when belgrath says he gave a startled exclamation mm-hmm. the ample asks him what's wrong and he says merag so he must really recognizes the words the language that the person yeah. is singing in Oh, a yes. funeral a, song. A funeral song. Whoever so. she is, she's very close to dying. Yeah. Belgraph says. Yeah. So they make their way towards the voice and they can't see her. She's at the end of a passage, or seems to be, but she tells them, don't come. Don't come any closer. I have a knife. Yeah, she's really defensive because she's most likely escaped from those slave pens on her way out. Oh, well, she's she definitely. Not, yeah, she's not doing very well. And she thinks that they're Murgos that yeah. come to get her. Yeah. So she would rather stab herself in the heart and let them take her back. Yep. Yeah. So Belgarath speaks to her in her own, in, in Marag. And um, she eventually sort of talks back to him but in a way that indicates that she's trying to remember words she hasn't spoken for a long time um and she thinks they're tricking her she eventually allows one of them to go in and polgara goes and talks to her softly for a while and then they all go in and there's a woman in very scanty rags, dirty, her hair's tangled, and she's just hopeless. She has a hopeless look on her face, and she's very beautiful. Just the way she's described is she's got 
huge violet eyes with sooty black lashes and she just she's just her the way that her face is described is quite lush and her name is Tabor yeah Ger uh Belgarth asks her if she is a Merak and she says that her mother told her she was she taught me the old language um so he wants to know if there are other Merags in the slave pens. She says she thinks there's a few. Um, so he's, I don't know, he's very tuned into the Merag aspect of her mm. in this. And doesn't he make a comment at some point that he thinks she's the one he's been looking for or something? Yes, yes. Later. So, so most of the other slaves have had their tongues cut out, so she doesn't know... Mm if there are any other Marags. And then they give us some food and um, Belgarus trying to find out more about how Marags wound up in the slave pens. She talks about um, that, again, <clears throat> the stories her mother told her that um, Thousands of years ago, they lived in a country under the open sky and that there weren't slaves then. But she didn't believe that. She's like, it's the sort of story you tell children. Yeah. And there are rumors about Tornedrons, Tornedron soldiers selling their prisoners of war to Nisim slavers instead of killing them. So is he saying that, that that's how the Merags probably got there? Yes. They were sold? Yes, by the Tornadrons. Because remember back when they passed through Maragor and the god was creating the illusion. Mm -hmm. It was all Tornadron soldiers killing everyone there. Because okay. they wanted the gold. Okay. Well, ostensibly because they were cannibals. <clears throat> the Marags were cannibals and they disagreed with their religious observations, observances. But there was a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, where does that equate to? You know, which, which natural resource of the earth does another country want and goes in? under some pretext to get control of natural resources mm -hmm. probably just about every war right <laughs> or a lot of them anyway mm -hmm. <clears throat> anyway yeah so and Ralph has a moment Ralph has a moment with this woman where he's, he's he's like anxious to leave her presence he doesn't like that she's showing so much skin he doesn't like the way she looks tells her to cover your nakedness because she's wondering why is he angry with me yeah so she's so angry it's such an innocent like she's so mm -hmm. well she kind of laughs at it when she finds out that that's why he's upset she's like that's that's why you know uh these are all the clothes i have and there's nothing wrong with my body it's not deformed or ugly why should i hide it that's her response to him and um He's offended. She's like, well, then don't look at me if it bothers you. Kind of like <laughs> what Garion has told him in the past. If it yeah. bothers you, then just stop giving it attention. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. 
Um, and so this is an interesting moment because Silk chimes in and says that Relk has certain religious certain religious problem. <laughs> um, and she shivers and says, don't mention religion. Mm-hmm. And this is when Rel gets into like, oh my gosh, she's so depraved, don't you see? And Belgrath explains to him that, well, here in Rapsol, the word religion means the altar and the knife. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of, Rel kind of for the first time can see that it's not all just like people are religious whether or not and it's religious people are good and those who aren't religious are bad mm-hmm. it's a lot more gray it's to lot, the whole thing it's a lot more nuanced than that mm-hmm. gary and gives her his um, cloak to you know cover and keep warm even because she she forgot what it was like to be warm when she has it around her and she's so beautifully humble and just says thank you. Mm-hmm. Also her children. So Polgara notices Paul, when Polgara's putting the cloak on her, she stops, you know, because she can see Tabor's body and goes, says, where are your children? So she yeah. notices it about her, about her and Tabor says the Mar- the Virgos took them. Two little girls are very beautiful, but they're gone now. Gary and oh, Gary, <laughs> go on. Yeah, he's just you know, his reaction is uh, his blood runs cold. It's not a. Well, he says we'll get them back for you. Yeah. But you can't. But, but the golems took them and sacrificed mm-hmm. them. <clears throat> Ktuchik himself held the knife. So I have a feeling this is uh, going to fuel Garion a little bit in the next coming chapters that he may maybe um, take some action himself, even though he's not supposed to. Okay. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> um, so, so she's there wrapped in her cloak, and Belgrath and Aunt Paul are just like, and it's like we were talking earlier <laughs> in um, before the show about synchronicities and coincidence. Yeah. You know, Belgrath just says, "I must be doing something right." <laughs> to stumble across her like this after all these years of searching, like thousands of years of searching. Mm. And they just stumble across her in the dark. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious to know exactly what they're talking about because they don't really specify here. No. Um, Cause she's, uh, Polgaris says, are you sure she's the right one? Mm. He's certain that she has to be, it fits together too well. Mm-hmm. all the details of it um and so he like let's exhale so loudly just like a, like a sense of relief after all this time mm. he says it's it was worrying him for thousands of years and now he's found her so mm-hmm. there you go and then how she escaped the slave pens i like that you know i mean i do this in my writing too 
but it's kind of like, well, that's an easy out. They forgot to lock the doors and she got out. Okay. So she found a knife. She's going to try to kill Kajik herself, but she got lost. There's so many caves. Mm -hmm. She really wants to kill him before she dies, but she doesn't think there's hope for that now. No, she um, feels so they, like she's going to die. Right. But they leave her there. Well, I'm curious yeah. that they don't try to do something for her before they leave to come back for her. Well, I guess she must be very weak. She's on the verge of death. She hasn't had any food or for a long time. And they plan to come back down this way. Right. When they leave, you know. So she's safer where she is, I guess. You no, know, but, but like Aunt Paul or Belgrath or somebody, couldn't they have done something to help her not be on the verge of death anymore? To like, well, they've given her watching. They've given her food. She's mm -hmm. got a cloak for warmth. So she's warm. She's got food. She's got water. They make her some light. Yeah. Ralph does it reluctantly because they might need it themselves. Because they left the other one down below. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, she's like, because <clears throat> Tabor says, I'd like some light. I've lived in the dark all my life. I think I'd like it to be light when I die. Right. So she's like prepared to die. But they plan to come back down through there and get her. But this feels like a wrong thing for you? Not wrong. I just thought like there's, you know, they could have done something. Like they don't they have a healing powers or something as sorcerers or. Yeah, but it makes like, noise and Katuchik's is just upstairs. Okay. I think I think I just have been watching too much Supernatural. I'm thinking like that. Oh, you're back. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if they can, they make it back down that way yeah. to get her. Yeah. I have a feeling they won't, nor their horses wear uh, Mandarella's armor. <laughs> what was that? I said, nor the horses or Mandarella's armor that they left down at the entrance. Okay, well, um, yeah, and so she starts singing and goes to, you know, almost asleep and they continue on always climbing for hours like they they climb for hours in the dark winding up higher and higher and you know Gary loses track of where they're going and starts wondering if Rogue even knows where he's going and then they finally feel a faint breeze and it stinks, this horrible smell. And it's the slave pens, Belgrade says. Probably. Yeah. And I cannot uh, imagine something like that, you know? Can you imagine? Mm -mm. So, and the pens, the slave pens are under Rackthol. And they open up to the city itself. So Relg has done it. He's got them where they needed to go yeah and you know 
the slave pens are going to be guarded, so they need to be quiet and more careful now. And they start creeping and being careful about where they put their feet. And, mm -hmm. and then find so, some bones. Yeah. Come on. So the yeah, the lower galleries. There's got like there's levels to these um, pens, I guess. The long galleries of the pens, and the lower ones are all empty. Just some of them have bones and otherwise they're empty, so they have to keep moving up quietly. Um, and the uh, silk moves ahead. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but silk moves ahead to kind of, once they get up high enough, then they start to know that, they're, okay, there's some Murgos around here. He goes ahead and like mm -hmm. takes care of the Murgo. Yeah, so they, they, once they're up to like the eighth level, Belgrath's translating because they've marked the levels with the language um, and Belgrath can read them. So it's kind of funny to imagine like when you're going up the stair levels and you see what level you're at. <laughs> um, they see the light ahead, Darnick sees the light ahead. So Silk says, wait here, comes back. And Barak asks, what'd you do with the Murgo? So they're driving him to a cell. They won't stumble over him unless they're looking for him. Mm -hmm. And so Relg is, now they're back up in the torchlight, Relg is squinting again. Yeah, Silk, and... Silk brought the torch that the guard had been carrying back. Mm, okay. So he explains that it's actually the color of the light that bothers him. Is yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because like the paste, if I remember correctly, it's kind of a pinkish glow. Kind of a red glow yeah the rocks make mm -hmm. um so belgrath tells silk to go get the cloak of that mergo that he killed mm -hmm. um and uh, belgrath notices that there's a big hole in the road so he says please try not to make such a big hole in the rest of them <laughs> yeah big slit <laughs> running up the back of it <laughs> yeah and um, Silk was just over enthusiastic. It's been a while. It's been a while. That. <laughs> so then Silk and Beric and Mandarellen go ahead and kind of take care of clearing up the mm -hmm. other murders that are around, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he says, don't take longer than you have to. And um, Aunt Paul asks him, like, well, what's, what, can you guess what time it is right now? What's the time? And he says it's several, several hours after midnight. And I guess they're trying to do this all before dawn because mm -hmm. they don't want it to be light. Um, so they have to hurry because they want to get it all taken care of before then. Yeah, so we're right on the, like, we've got the ticking clock going now. Yeah. Yeah, and so they talk about Katuchik here a little bit. She tells him, Paul tells him, he's going to fight you. And he's like, well, it's long overdue. We've been stepping around each other for thousands of years. Finally come down to this. When it starts, I want you to stay out of it. So even like these words, you know, it's like, oh man, it's coming. Mm -hmm. And she just says, well, whatever you say, Paul. Yep. 
And that's the end. The chapter. End of chapter. So yeah. It is like a little build there at the yeah. end. Yeah. Time. Mention of time running out. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> the next chapter should be a doozy. I think so. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So. Oh, I like that chapter. Yeah. What? Oh, sorry, my voice is going. Okay. So the magic, we're on to the magic in the chapter. Uh, I don't even remember because I put this in like when I very first read it like weeks ago. Uh, let's see. I put, oh, Relg breaking the holes into the rocks to help them climb. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. It's very cool. And um, my magic is the prophecy revealing Tabor at exactly the right time. Yeah. That was really cool. I still am really curious of what mm. the purpose is for Belgrath. Uh, um, what's next? Reality. You've done magic. That's some reality. What's your reality? Oh. <laughs> I never filled it in. Okay. So my reality is my physical body going into shock like like silk does when rel goes into the rock he starts shaking uncontrollably yeah that sensation of losing feeling and and like just losing all sensation and awareness from my body you know you hear it written about like the color drained from his face or whatever in a in a book mm-hmm. that's what it feels like for me like uh, my it feels like I'm emptying like a glass I can feel the level of of presence and awareness and sensation just kind of vanish and my whole body is <clears throat> yeah yeah oh yeah I know that sensation as well um I'm trying to I think I didn't put something because I was having a hard time thinking of anything Mm-hmm. And I, even now going <clears throat> almost now even going through it I don't have anything popping up okay it's possible there may not have been anything I related to directly at least not to me I mean I'm sure there's something but nothing's coming to me so that's okay sweetheart <laughs> okay prophecy speaks see if I can get through this yeah I could see you are um towards the end of the chapter discussion you were really in your deep like slow meditative voice and I could feel myself like slipping into a state like listening to you speak <laughs> well I I've I've taken my voice down and I'm controlling yeah. it and like using as little resistance as I can because Mm-hmm. I can feel the cough in my throat. Yeah. Um, so my question is, what does our spring vacation look like 
when I place a camper van in the centre of the scenario? <laughs> That's um, a fun question. Because we are looking at we're looking at replacing our vehicle. And instead of getting a new car and continuing to save for a camper van, we're going to get a camper van, a smaller one, like a oh. van, um, not an RV, like just a van, uh-huh. a nice compact thing that I can stand up inside of. And that's going to be our vehicle. Okay. So that's exciting. So that's the plan. And in little adventures. At the end of April, the last week of April, the first two weeks of May is our spring vacation. And so I want to know if I put a camper van, the idea of a camper van in the middle of spring vacation, what does our spring vacation look like? Like, do we have it? Do we not have it? Like, I want to know what's the picture look like? And the book okay. I'm using is If Women Rose Rooted by Sharon Blackie. Um, a life-changing journey to authenticity and belonging. Okay. Um, De Bruyne found a good dry spot in a clearing at the heart of a small oak wood in the foothills at the base of the narrow mountain range. He took off his clothes and set out his cloak on the ground. He surrounded it with a circle of gold and silver coins and then he laid himself down on the cloak and began to quietly strum at his harp. After a while he heard a rustle behind him but he didn't turn around. He just kept on playing. Then the rustling sound grew closer and slowly, carefully he looked up. There she was in all her fearsome glory part hag, part wolf, wild-eyed, hardly recognisable as human. She looked dangerous enough to strike horror into the heart of the most ferocious warrior. But de Brois ignored her. He lowered his eyes and turned back to his harp and his music. After a few more minutes, Miss spoke, her voice rusty and cracked. Once at my father's court, there were things like that, and she pointed with one long clawed hand at his harp. That's a nice little passage. Okay, so so one of the things that like we we say, okay, we're just gonna take the hand pan, take Hanukkah's hand hang drum. I'm gonna take my drawing stuff, we're gonna get in the camp and just fuck off for like get off into the forest somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like we're gonna get to do it yeah yeah that's pretty cool i don't think there's any other interpretation i can make <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i really like that passage though it had like a real magical sense oh, to it isn't it beautiful i haven't i haven't started reading this book yet is that a fiction or is it no well no it's no. not enough it's Sounds um like it. uh, let's have a look and i'll just read a bit of the back of it for you 
This is the core of our task, to respect and revere ourselves and so bring about a world in which women are respected and revered, recognised once again as holding the life-giving power of the earth itself. If women, Rose Rooted has been described as both transformative and essential. Sharon Blackie leads us on a quest to find our place in the world, drawing inspiration from wild landscapes and the wise and powerful women in native mythology. So it looks, sounds oh. like, and guidance from contemporary role models. That's what we it have, is, the yeah. mythology. Oh, wonderful. Woo. Sounds good. It's a good book. Well, that's exciting. You have to share, you know, in a month's time. We'll see how all that went for you guys. Absolutely. I will keep you updated as things progress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mine. <laughs> um, oh, you changed well, it. Yeah, that was from last week. And last week's yep. kind of over and done with. So okay, I kind of resolved that one on my own. Of course um, you did. Yeah. Well, was it me? I always think it's me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> no. I'm very egotistical, really. <laughs> no. no, it was somebody else. And you probably could take another guess. Uh-huh, right here. No problem. Um, okay, but this week, I, I wanted to go here because I've been feeling a little funny, personal, but my stomach, I say my tummy, because that's what I talk to my girls, their tummies, even though they're older now. But... um. It's been feeling heavy and not in a, not in a emotion, emotional or spiritual sense. It's like physically heavier. Yeah. Like I've, I put a little weight on and, and I don't know if it's the weight, just purely the weight, or if there is something, it feels like my stomach's not like, I'm not releasing this, whatever is that it feels extra heavy. Like just period kind of heavy, like a weight. I guess like oh yeah like bloated but and maybe it's maybe it's the IUD because I don't have maybe. a regular period so I just maybe. always feel the heaviness oh that's but interesting yeah that would change I wanted how you to feel ask, yeah I wanted to ask for some guidance on uh -huh. what this weight is okay and yeah. a path to releasing it maybe yeah. okay cool oh and I'm using this book called radical beauty how to Transform Your Life from the Inside Out. It's Kimberly Snyder and Deepak Chopra. Okay. Ooh, a lot of text. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I pronounce this right. Abhyanga has been part of Ayurveda for thousands of years and is perhaps the foremost anti-aging practice you can incorporate into your daily life. That is a pretty strong statement, but Abhyanga can help balance your entire mind and body, relieve fatigue, provide stamina, enhance sleep, promote a better complexion, improve the luster of your skin, increase longevity, and foster all around body nourishment. You may be skeptical that a simple self-massage practice can really reap all those benefits. But as you progress in your understanding of the circulation and lymphatic system, you will surely realize these benefits and appreciate how anti-aging uh, Abhyanga truly is. Okay, 
Yeah. So maybe it's I getting mean, your lymph system moving and doing some massage. Have you ever done belly massage or massage your own mm-hmm. body? I haven't, but I've heard Kimberly Snare talk about that all a lot. Well, a lot. look in look into it. It sounds like a yeah. good place to start. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm gonna mark this to read the whole section on it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's definitely something I've heard of, and the Ayurveda stuff I've always found really pretty it's cool. fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So I'll start there, and maybe that's really that simple. Well, it often the warm, is, it's so warm often oils. it's just something simple. Yeah. Yeah, because it is. It's you know, it's just like. This, I, I'm still slowly gaining a little bit of weight. Like it's really slow, but it's, it is gradually just continuing to go that direction. And I've always been extremely thin mm-hmm. and I'm still, I guess I'm still what a lot of people would call thin, but you're very slender. I don't, I don't feel it though. I feel like heaviness mm-hmm. <laughs> with this extra weight and mm-hmm. No, I understand. Okay. And so I'll and try it. That, I think that's a great place to start yeah. getting the lymph system moving because you're a big water drinker anyway, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to because of the dizziness. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you happy with cool. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. is your prediction what was your last prediction they will reach the destination the bell growth is leading them to and see the wrath that awaits them in Rackthol. Relg will have to assess the rock to figure out how he will lead them into the city wow wow that was on the nose <laughs> the last bit yes i much. did not read ahead i didn't read ahead. i know that so what's your prediction for the next chapter? Uh, I put Spellgraph and Katuchik will meet and have a battle. <laughs> Someone may be lost or injured. I just threw something else in there mm-hmm. to make it up. So. Cool. Okay, so hashtag. Pop rocks. <laughs> That's cute. All right, so the hashtag for this week is Pop Rocks. We have a special announcement. Now I'll see how my voice goes. I'll keep it nice and mellow. <clears throat> so uh, I know that I've been completely absent from everywhere for the last month at least. And um, before I disappeared completely, Dawn, one of our darling patrons, sent us an essay. And over the next um, little while, we're going to be featuring parts of her essay as conversation starters in our Patreon feed. Uh, We're going to start, I think they're going to be good because we've got a couple of patrons in there who are really like into the nerdy, geeky stuff like we are. And it's all about comparing the tribes and peoples of the Belgariad to our world. And so 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what people think. So keep an eye out for that um, in the Patreon feed over the next little while. And I have added a new $1 tier in Patreon. So everyone can come in and join the conversation because if you are not a patron, you can follow and you'll see all of the public stuff, but you won't be able to comment. Um, if you chuck in a dollar a month, you can come in and actually have the conversations and make comments as well. So please, and, 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 it, show, and it just gives you a way to support the show because I know, you know, money is the value. I know the value of a dollar these days. So I thought I, will, I would add that in for people because a dollar makes a difference. Yeah, that's an awesome contribution. So um, just have these conversations. Mm -hmm. So you've verified that, that it's safe for me. There's not like spoilers or, um, or well, it'll be announced for spoilers as they go. So I will, I'll, I won't put the whole thing in. I'm going to put, you know, I'll, I'll put pieces in and I'll make sure that either you get, you get an alert that there's a spoiler, you know, to look, or I'll just <laughs> probably more likely just redact bits that okay. you can't see it. Okay. That works. That'll be fun. I'm excited to see more of this the essay and the PC. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And so, that was very exciting. And so I mm -hmm. I just want to give Dawn an extra special shout out because yeah. I received the essay and I dropped out of the world. And I just want to let you know that you have not been forgotten and you have not been pushed to the side. Um, you are going to be front and centre very soon, my darling. Um, yep, and we've got three more episodes to do to get to the end of Magician's Gambit. So this one and three more, three more chapters. Let me see. Two more chapters. <sighs> two more chapters. So this one and two more chapters to get to the end of the book. And that will take us up to uh, spring vacation. Let me see, where am I? So the 7th and the 14th. And and actually, if you need to take next week off because of the girls' spring vacation, that's mm -hmm. okay because we'll still have enough time before I go on vacation to wrap up Magician's Gambit. Okay. It's all good. We've got okay. heaps of time. Let's see how it goes. I promised Natalie we're going to paint her bedroom on spring break. So oh, nice. It's going to be a project oh very good <clears throat> so thank you for sticking around and listening to the whole show we're at the end yay another episode done feels good it does feel good so you will find the extended show notes and links to all the things at our website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com head over there and check it out Throw this episode's hashtag into a comment below the show notes and sign up to our mailing list while you're there. You can um, leave a voice message for us. There'll be a link in the show notes. If you want to read some of the chat other fans of the show are posting, you can follow us on Patreon. 
stay up to date with everything, become a $1 patron and join the conversation. And look, there'll be links in the show notes for you to click over to Patreon and check it all out. And you can use gmail.com to email any questions or comments or essays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, this podcast is an indie production. The two best ways for you to support uh, the show is to leave a review on iTunes or become a patron. So thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in and listening. And yes. um, I'm about to start coughing again. So Alicia, take it home, baby. Okay. Yes, this community, I just wanted to add, this community has become really um, amazing for me. And, you know, me and Sandra both enjoy these conversations a lot as well. Um, And so we would love to see more of you guys uh, on Patreon, you know, in the conversation. It would be so much fun to have you guys there. So check out the links. Like Sandra said, they'll be in the show notes and... Hopefully we'll see more of you guys over there very soon. Yep. Okay. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye, guys.